commit earlier and not not be as fearful as even I was. So so be even more happy startup, I would say. I would jump faster and learn faster. Don't be so worried about it being a success because if you want to hear a certain subject and, and you think it would be a great conference to go to, there's probably at least a thousand other people around the world who would like that too. Hi, I'm Carlos, co-founder of the Happy Startup School, and welcome to our Happy Startup Community Podcast. Along this journey of building the Happy Startup School, I've had the privilege of meeting amazing people from around the world. Whether it was across a banqueting table at our summer camp festival, or sat at a beach cafe in Goa during one of our retreats, each of them had fascinating stories to tell and interesting ideas to share that have changed how I look at business and life. This podcast is my effort to share these conversations with you and to open up your horizons to new perspectives and ways of viewing the world. I hope they become a source of inspiration, learning and connection. Enjoy. Sarah Metcalf is the founder of Happy Coffee Consulting and a longtime member of the Happy Startup School. She's passionate about creating work, happy workplaces, and this September she launched her very first online summit about happiness at work. The idea came to her in March, and within six months it was up and running. Now that's idea to action. In this episode we talk about her work and how she helps companies create happy workplaces, and she shares her view about how companies focus on the wrong things when trying to bring happiness to work. We also hear about, about how she and her team managed to pull together a five-day summit with 40 talks and workshops. She shares her approach, some of the challenges they faced, and what she'd do differently next time. According to Sarah, launching your own event like an online summit is a great way to bootstrap your way to spreading the word about your work, developing your own program of learning, growing your email list, but most of all, getting to learn from amazing people that you respect and admire. If you're thinking about growing your impact and spreading awareness about the work you do, then this episode is for you. Enjoy. So I'm Sarah Metcalf, and I am the, the founder and uh, chief happiness officer at Happy Coffee Consulting. And how did it come about? Uh, well, it's all your fault, really, Carla. <laughs> As I'm sure many people say to you. No, it was... Um, uh, it, it's kind of a, a spin-off of my original idea, which was about um, kind of paying paying a happy coffee forwards, giving someone a surprise. Um, and uh, and then on the other side, I, I've always been very interested in um, in happy workplaces. So I um, I still have a day job. I'm the head of customer service for um, a pet technology company in Cambridge. Um, and the, the long story short is I was working for a charity and that which had all the values and visions and purpose that it that it should have had. And it wasn't um, necessarily a very great place to work for me. And I left there and went to work for a company that made cat flaps, which probably shouldn't be purposeful or, you know, doesn't doesn't seem on the page to be purposeful. Um, and I was happy every day at work. We were massively successful. We built this uh, amazing company. And so I started to try and figure that out. Um, why it was um, so good. Excuse me. <coughs> Haven't sneezed all day. Obviously needed to sneeze now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I set about um, researching why it was so good. And um, and why we were so successful and what was behind that feeling and and I came across delivering happiness um, by Tony Shea and putting that into and trying that out and building uh, my department and and our business really on on those things um, and then a couple of years ago uh, so I started speaking about it we ended up having amazing customer service and people started to take notice of that and so I got invited to speak places about that and and it. What, what was a customer service talk actually ended up turning into a creating happy workplaces talk um, because that's how you get great service is by having happy people who knew. And, uh, and so I ended up training uh, in Denmark with Alex Carroll, 
And um, then someone came up after uh, one of my talks and said, gosh, we wish you could come into our business and, and do that. And I went, well, you know what? I can. <laughs> so I, um, I did the happy startup, um, uh, jumped before I was ready. <laughs> Uh, went home and built a website and a business that night and uh, and got my first client. Uh, so that's it. And and now I've been doing that for, I think I just had, we just had our first anniversary. There's now two of us in the business and we've got multiple, uh, multiple clients and, um, and uh, yeah, we're just trying to spread happiness at work. Um, I guess your, your main focus has been in the past on, I guess, startups and entrepreneurs. And I'm, I'm really interested in, I've seen it work in business. I've seen it work at scale and, uh, and I want to help businesses, um, I guess, enable their people, um, by creating this great place to work. So that's the long version of the short story. That's amazing. Uh, and it's, it's lovely that there's that thread, uh, that holds it all together that I hear of, you know, you're wanting to work in a, in a place that that essentially makes you happy. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to find out more about what that means to you. Yeah. Um, uh, and it feels that following that that need and, and that sense of purpose, I feel, gave you, I was going to say, they gave you the courage to jump and do it on your own. But it feels like it was quite a natural transition. Yeah, it has been actually. And, um, and it's funny you say courage because I always feel like I, um, I jump uh, whilst screaming Desperately, <laughs> um, but it is. I if I feel so passionately about it. It doesn't. When I get to do it, it doesn't feel like work. Um, and I and I do. You know, I've seen the difference it makes in people's lives. I you know, in my team that I that I built. Um, and then when I go in, um, to businesses. So, just getting people to that, and I'm sure you must have that. You know, getting that aha moment that, yeah you can go to work every day and have a great day and, you know, and maybe on the days when you're not having a great day, that's okay too, because, uh, you're there with people that, you know, for me, that's part of it. Uh, I would say for me, that's 90% of it. I'm very people oriented. So I go to work with, you know, what used to be kind of four or five of my best friends and now is 60 odd people, <laughs> my best friends. So I want that for everyone. I think, uh, it's really powerful and really magical. Um, and to learn how to build that, um, you know, our kind of strap line is it's, it's simple, but not easy. Um, because you have to be super intentional about it and you have to give it time, which a lot of companies are, are clear about giving it money, which is kind of easy, but that doesn't, doesn't reap the rewards that they want. So what would you say, given your experience so far, what's the biggest stumbling block for for companies to adopt this approach? I think the, the biggest thing is companies really want to do the right thing. Um, but, but it's a bit about what I said. But what they're doing is they've been told they need to, you know, have the best office premises and office slides and free smoothies and all, all those things that we know um, uh, that I guess you, when you read about a great place to work, uh, they have all those things. Um, and so companies, I think I read in an article, there was something like $15 billion spent on failed employee engagement um, in the US last year. So hmm. it's focusing on um, the kind of the objective things, like when you sit down and think about it, uh, what do we think about it, you know, and how many times have you heard, or maybe yourself in the old days, gone home and gone, well, I get paid really well and got good benefits and got a nice office and I get a company car. And, you know, it's when you sit down and kind of do your pros and cons and, and what the, the aha moment for me was that the kind of Daniel Kahneman hybrid model um, that Alex Carroll teaches and it's happiness at work is, is what we feel, right? Um, it's, doing great work together with great people and and so for me that's it it's 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 really easy to throw money at that or, or you know to to intentionally put money into p things that that are just what we think um and really it's all about what we feel 
um, and that takes time and and effort and people who get it and probably a little bit of um, putting the the cynicism for that happiness word on hold um, because a lot of people think of that as really you know, it's fluffy or it's um, uh, not tangible. Um, and so it's really, I guess, saying, no, the science is here to back it up now. Um, this is this is the way of the future. I, I believe it's the future of work. So what I hear from there is you talk about how we feel at work. So it's very much around emotions mm-hmm. and and how we respond and react to the work that we're doing uh, I assume then that's also to do with the relationships that we have at work um, so then there must be a, a level of also personal development of the managers and and the people in charge in inverted commas yeah and how they need to grow yeah absolutely so uh I guess the kind of program that that we've put together at Happy Coffee is really about the first thing is kind of get everyone to understand that that difference between what you think and what you feel, and then to kind of activate the managers, if you will, um, so that they understand, for the most part, where they're where they're probably getting in the way. Um, there's a whole piece around, you know, um, you know, managers have the um, the most impact on people and their emotions are the most contagious. Um, and then of course, negative emotions are the most contagious. <laughs> so if you have a manager who's spreading negative emotions, it's pretty horrible. Um, and if they, if they don't understand what great management really looks and, and feels like, um, then, or, or if they're much more focused on say traditional results oriented measurements um then then yeah that's exactly it's very difficult to do it with without a management team that gets it and and then supports it so we do that kind of first off kind of hopefully giving them the tools to understand to have their aha moment and then allowing them to understand how to then activate the the staff who work with them so, so it's interesting there. There's, there's that how to activate management, um, and it feels uh, what I am hearing there is you, you know, have ways of doing that. Um, I'm, and you know, from the work that we've done uh, and the experiences we've had, people generally go at different paces in that mm-hmm. learning journey. Um, is that something that you've experienced or have you found ways of actually bringing people along at the same speed, particularly in, in management? I think um, we've been really lucky. So a lot of the clients, so yes, there are people who are like that. I think, I mean, one of the the, the best pieces is that kind of Daniel Kahneman model that, that we teach. Um, and it really is quite an aha moment. I would say I, that never fails to get people to go, Oh yes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, um, but yeah, I mean, different people have come at it from, from different ways, but, but we tend to find, um, a lot of the companies that engage with us, they're already started on that journey. So that's useful. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think I'm sure if we went into companies who were massively cynical and were maybe doing it as a tick box exercise, Mm-hmm. Um, but it's some of it is like when you talk about happiness, people at, are initially uh, resistant still, I would say. Uh, and I don't know if you find that, that um, maybe you have you have enough gravitas behind you that, uh, <laughs> that you don't get that. But we still get that a little bit. Uh, in I feel that there's um, as in, into that point about um, some the reactions to the word happiness. Mm. Uh, it reminds me of a conversation I had a while ago at one of our Lean Coffee events, and the topic of conversation that this this founder, who's an agency founder, brought up was, "Can you be happy and ambitious?" Definitely, <laughs> I am both. I like am both. <laughs> there was a, 
Yeah, there was a perception that you that one was on the yeah. other end of the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where it comes in is like when they talk when uh, when you say happiness, people think it's it's all. And and that's why it's kind of so that the model that we that we use is kind of that results and relationships, right? So it's both, you know, and and it's it's um it's when you when you are achieving things and achieving your goals and and knowing that you can achieve them, you know, having the the means to achieve them and doing that with great people. So it's not just about uh, hugging everybody and singing some songs. It's it's about both of those pieces and um uh. I think we are traditionally better at that results oriented side of things. Right. So, mm. um, so it's the, uh, the relationship bit is, is maybe where we need to go back to, but it doesn't have to be all happy, clappy hugging and all those things. It can be, um, it can be much more um, uh, just building on relationships. I mean, one of, one of the most powerful things we do is in our introduction with people, we just get them to tell everyone something that people might not know about them. And it sparks the most amazing conversations. Uh, and, mm. and it keeps on through, you know, through a whole workshop and, and it becomes something where people mention it. Uh, so it, it doesn't have to be, uh, yeah, everyone um, has to has to do that. And I think it's also about being able to, one of the powerful things for me is being able to bring your whole self to work. So that means that you don't have to be happy every day. You can, you can come to work when you feel really crappy and because you have good relationships, everyone's there for you. You know, you've got a support network. Um, so yeah, it's not about pretending you're happy or wearing rose tinted glasses or anything like that. Hmm. I think the word that springs up to for me when you were talking uh, was the the idea of connection, yeah. creating a sense of connection, more deeper sense of connection with the people who you work with. Absolutely, and take and that's what that piece about time we talked about earlier. It's taking more. It takes more time to do that. So you need to book uh, time in. You need to make that time. Um, you know, if you're not naturally good at going around and talking to your staff as a leader or manager, that's what, literally why my business is called Happy Coffee, because I think the first thing you can do is book in a coffee with every member of your staff individually and just have a chat with them. You know, you have to make time. And uh, and and we're all time poor right now. And this is the interesting thing, the whole... Um... So when, when you were talking before the... Uh... As I, as I heard, it was the idea of, you know, we we measure our we're results oriented mm. and, and that's a simple way of looking at things. And I think of, uh, I have this assumption that maybe there, there are companies out there who, who look at this idea of creating happy workplaces and company cultures, but really from a motive of how can we yeah. be more productive. Yes, yeah. And that's what the difference. So I, I really like Nick Marx's take on that engagement versus happiness. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and that really like engagement is all about business outcomes. How can I get more out of you? And everyone knows that kind of intrinsically, whereas happiness is all about a person. Uh, it's all about you. Um, and it's he, he puts it really beautiful. I think, you know, it's what we want for, you know, ourselves, for our, our partners, for our children. So it's natural a natural way to talk about positivity um, really recommend reading or or uh, listening to anything by nick marks on that subject so it feels like for any organization who wants to really do this authentically there are going to be drivers that are beyond how can we become more productive or creative or effective yeah. uh, and so from your experience does that come from the top yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's two arguments. One is, I think you can do, I think you can create a pocket of greatness, uh, which I've always loved that phrase of, and and uh, and by by creating happiness in in a kind of bubble where you are or around you, then the great thing is is that all the science shows that by focusing on that happiness, um, uh, all of the things that you want, so productivity and higher metrics of of, I mean, take your pick, any of any of any of the uh, productivity 
profits metrics that you want to measure in a business are improved by having a great place to work. So, um, so if you focus on that, um, in, in your little pocket, wherever that may be, um, then your area will start to show improvements and hopefully that will make people take notice. It is obviously easier if you have the, the buy-in from, from the, the senior leaders and then from the CEO, uh, most especially, but uh, but you can still do that internally. You can still you can still do that within wherever your sphere happens to be. So it sounds like they're kind of showing people how it works rather than telling people. Yeah, yeah. How it works. If you if you find that you're in a place where um, where maybe people are a bit resistant to it, then uh, you can absolutely show them, um, and it's and they'll feel it. Right, they feel the difference. Um, so there's a wealth of knowledge out there and you, that you've gathered from your experience of, of doing this and uh, that I'm sure lots of people would who, who want to try and create these workplaces or these, these environments within their workplaces uh, and I think one of the places that I'm assuming they would find lots of wisdom and, and knowledge is uh, the online summit yep. that you did. Yep. <laughs> um, and I, I'm very curious about, A, the inception. So you said yes at some point to this, and so I'm curious about what what gave your instinctive nature to say yes to this. Uh, and then also curious about that journey and how what it took to put something like that on, because it, it sounded like a really big undertaking, but... It, it went really, really well. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, well, and thank you for being part of it. Um, all of those things, yes. Uh, so the inception was, um, I had a conversation with um, with Mel, who is one of the community members who I think you know, she went to summer camp this year. And we were just talking about different models for things. And she mentioned online summits as a, as a thing. So I'd never, I'd never come across them before that conversation. And then in January of this year, I went to, so I'm part of the Woohoo partnership and we have a network of um, kind of 40 people who work in the happiness at work space around the world um, and had this kind of amazing experience where uh, we all, you know, when you connect with people who have the same passion as you and it was like, I, I wrote about it saying it was like I fell in love with 20 people in uh, three days. And, uh, and I just remember thinking they were all so passionate about their, their businesses and in their own countries and uh, in their own spheres of knowledge that I wanted to go to a conference and hear every one of them speak on their topic. Um, but because we were from, I think, 20 different countries, the logistics of that were a little bit um, untenable. So um, ended up, um, we ended up buddying up with, with a partner after the event, and I was chatting it through, and, and that online summit model from Mel popped into my head. I was talking to um, my buddy, who's a lady called Greet from Belgium, um, and I said, yeah, maybe some kind of online conference, like this online summit version I've seen. And she said, well, yeah, let's do it. And I went, okay, yeah, let's do it. So it started as an idea of, um, it only takes one other crazy person to turn a, a lone nut into a leader, right? <laughs> the first, that, that's it, the first follower, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was great. We were both happy to to go ahead and uh, and turn each other into leaders. Um. And so um, I started doing a lot of research. So that was probably middle of February, end of February, I think. I started doing a lot of research into online summits and there's tons of different things. So I would you know, recommend people just kind of go out and consume as much as they can. Um, a lot of it is free. Some of it's paid. Some of it's online summits that you have to pay for to get to. So, um, But there's lots of great uh, stuff out there. So I just started building out some plans and looking at it and I, ideally it was just going to be for the partner community um to highlight these 40 people and then we thought well actually why just do that there's so many amazing people we've met over the years in this space um and you know are we trying to create a movement yes we are so why not just make it as wide as possible um and uh, and we've got partners from you know from argentina from chile from uh, australia 
you know, from all these different countries. So again, the online summit model is a nice model because um, there's no barrier to to watching it. So you do have the the free portion of it. But then two things I liked about it. One was that we could do profit share. So um, so one thing I didn't have when I started it was a huge mailing list myself. Um, so, uh, but some of the partners did and, but they didn't necessarily have a platform. So it was a, it's a great trade-off. So, um, we asked them to, you know, contribute to speak, um, and, and then we give them an affiliate link. So anyone who signs up and pays through their link, then they get to share in the profit of it. And, um, and then they then market to, to their community. So our reach is much higher. So I think our, our reach was somewhere in the region of, um, you know, if everyone had had got to, to all of their individual contacts, it was somewhere in the region of a hundred thousand people, um, which was you know fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. We uh, we brought on board a couple of the other partners, so it ended up being four four of the partner organizations that uh, we work with. Um, and uh, so that's um, Triangle in the in Belgium. Happy Office in the Netherlands, uh, Cloud Nine to Five in uh, Canada, and then ourselves, Happy Coffee in the UK, and uh, and you know everyone just is amazing as they they are in this community and uh, and jumped on board. Um, so when did we start? I think we started in. I think we first got the idea in March, and then we really were getting going over I would say between March and June and then from June was really the hit the ground running chasing all the speakers trying to put together the uh, marketing and the emails and the schedules and all that kind of stuff so but yeah we ended up with I think we had 1247 people on the week of the summit um and uh, for people who don't know how an online (laughs) summit runs Maybe break it down sure. for them as to. So it's a it's a way to run an, an online conference where um, and so and it depends on what you want to get out of it. So you know your goal could be to get people along the funnel or to sign up. So so the model is you open it up for free. So there's no barrier to signing up, and then you um, during the usually it's a week, but sometimes it's a day or a couple of days. Um, you have pre-recorded or live um, talks as you would at any conference or interviews or panel discussions. And, uh, and, and so people can watch that for free during the, the time that you set. Um, and, and then the way that the model works is you, you sell kind of all access tickets ahead of time for a, usually quite a cheap price to try and tempt people into buying it. And then once the free week is over, um, then kind of the, the value of the content, which in this case, you know, we, I think we ended up with 43 speakers, um, you know, really, really high quality speakers, uh, which is, is as the, the model I tend to see, um, you know, a lot of people are doing this. It's a much more sustainable way to run a conference, actually. Um, when I think about the number of people from all over the world who attended, um, so um, and then you can now that you've curated the content, it's still there now. And so so you charge a higher fee uh, after the closing date. Um, so then people can sign up and have access to it for a paid version ongoing. Um, so then you have all this content kind of curated uh, in that in that way. I think that's probably a, a reasonable description. So it's kind of a, a funnel activity. Um, so then you end up with a marketing list. Uh, from all of the people and then you have different customers who sign up at different value levels along the journey that's great so in terms of the experience of uh someone attending um you said it's over a week and they have um access to the the different talks each day yeah so uh and did you say they were all pre-recorded or did yeah, you have live we ones? We ended of- up with one live. So one of one of our challenges, which is I think specific to us, is we decided to do it. Uh, the um, the team from Happy Office from the Netherlands and and from Belgium, um, they run the International Week of Happiness at Work, which is quite a, a large project in itself. And it 
when we first started, it was going to be, well, this was our contribution from the UK, but then it spiraled to be so large that we were all doing it. So we ended up having physical events on the week as well as this summit. So the idea of trying to coordinate live uh, talks during that week for us was impractical. So we just decided to knock that on the head. Um, and I have to say, really interestingly, I actually preferred uh, the interview model that, you know, like the one that you and I did, um, which almost becomes like a podcast type of conversation um, to the uh, to the presentation ones. And some of the presentations are totally fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But actually, I, I personally prefer the conversational method, but it's all, you know, personal preference, isn't it? <laughs> and so... Did you have um, everything uh, essentially recorded before you actually, the, the, the week of yes, the event? Then? Yeah, yeah. Um, primarily before the week of the event. As I'm sure you're well aware, there are some speakers, and I have to profess to being one myself, um, who <laughs> may or may not do things more last minute than you request. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, the, primarily they were recorded and uploaded uh, ahead of time. And then you, you set it to kind of be live for a set amount of time. Um, so we chose 48 hours for each of the days to be live. Yeah. So you said you did some, quite a lot of research into online mm-hmm. summits beforehand. And so had you seen very specific models different models that that people used yeah i think they i think they follow a a fairly similar model um but there was i think you know it depends on length of time and number of speakers and pricing and stuff like that but for the most part it's you kind of you offer it for free and then you try to uh, sell people the cheaper ticket pre-event ticket um and then it gets more expensive obviously, after the event closes. Um, and I guess it depends on if your goal is um, you know, to build an email um, list or to uh, just spread the word. Uh, so for a more kind of multiplier event or to actually build a, a program that you then charge for. Uh, so I think it depends on, on what, your, um, what your wish list is for the event. Mm. Um, but we're you know, we're going to do another one for sure. Um, and I'm probably going to do one in my customer experience because um, there's so many great people and I can never travel the world enough to hear them speak. So <laughs> it's basically, I'm just curating content that I want to see. No, that's, that's, I think there's much more energy behind something like that. And um and for you, what? How did that? How, how did it go? And energetically, how did it feel for you? It was totally different than I had anticipated, um, and I think it's like anything when you do it the first time. You're learning as you go, um, and even though I did lots of research into it, um, and uh, we we were probably not as well prepared as at the end of it, we know that we should have been. <laughs> um, so the first year we learned like just so much. Um, so things like um, what's the pricing model you're going to use um, and and um, how are you going to move people along the funnel and what, what are you going to offer them? <laughs> uh, you know, what is the, what is that? And then there's a whole piece around when you're, when you ask other people to give you content and then you um, instead of um, maybe just recording an interview with them where you're giving your time as well. um, I found that took a lot more effort trying to chase people for the content than actually saying, actually, can I just interview you? And then I'm in charge of it. We have a conversation and then it's, I've got it and, and I can, um, edit it so um so there was a lot more um logistics involved probably not than I had read about but just actually you know just doing them and and knowing when's the right time for this and and how early should you start trying to sell tickets and um how do you 
you know, some of our speakers were amazing at promotion. How do you make it easier for speakers to promote it themselves? Um, and some of them weren't that interested. They were happy to, to submit and then carry on. Um, but they didn't, they didn't want to do a lot of the promotion or it wasn't easy for them to do. So yeah, how can you help them um, promote it for themselves? Um, but it was amazing, you know, to, we, we have a WhatsApp group, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, I remember us like massively celebrating when I, we'd hit a hundred people signing up. Uh, <clears throat> and so then, uh, yeah, to end up with, with more than 1200 was totally beyond our, our dream. So then, you know, and then we got greedy and we were like, well, now we want more. <laughs> so, <laughs> success and goalposts and all that right <laughs> um stretch yeah goals. stretch goals stretch goals um but we, you know we now have this amazing content and we're you know um thanks to your guys's kind of awesome model we're 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 doing a you know we we want to use this momentum that we've got now to build a, a community of people because something that we all run, run into. And actually that there was a theme across all of the country, you know, we had 47 countries sign up for this. So happiness at work is, you know, it's a global theme. People are interested in it everywhere. And, uh, and I think, so trying to help people, because one of the things we find is I do a lot of speaking at events around the world. and, And I hear from people afterwards that they're really motivated when they leave and then they get back to the office and those ideas maybe sit on their desk while the status quo takes over. So we're trying to build this community where we have like-minded people, where we can support them to um, either, you know, have conversations with the, some of the speakers, but also um, challenge things. And they can they can have a place where they can bring up their challenges in their workplace or what worked or what didn't and, you know, create success communities, all that kind of stuff. So that's you know, we now have this kind of active group of pretty awesome people that we'd love to support um, them making happier workplaces where they're at. And, you know, if you can change 1,200 workplaces, then so much the better. No, I'd love that. I think um, what I hear it, uh, heard it being called is a community of practice. Yeah, that's a great description. Uh, and that's exactly what's needed because... I think there's a, and there's so much content on there. I mean, I haven't even watched it all. Um, So it's about making sure people are being referred to the bit that's relevant to them. And what's the takeaway? What can you go and do? Um, How are you, how are you doing with that now that you've been, uh, you know, advised or or you have the tools? Are you using them? What works for you? What doesn't work for you? Um, And just again, trying to raise the bar get everybody moving along um and 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 kind of like i said i really truly believe this is the future of work and so it's time for us to change that across the board hmm. that's great no I, I i think that's well i love the way that you've moved from um raising awareness creating essentially a beacon through this online summit and now giving people a path to to essentially not only experience that learning, but then also to use it and put it into practice and to develop it and grow it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're taking what we've learned from the summit and we're developing an online course as well. So for people who are, you know, who maybe want to go deeper, that's that's our next piece is, um, you know, supporting them uh, on that on that learning journey in a more formal way with, you know, sort of curriculum and and, and all of those pieces to go in there because I think what we learned which I think was a it maybe shouldn't have been surprising because we believe it but I was I was blown away by the the breadth of people from across the world who signed up that was kind of that was my my personal highlight was wow this is it's not just you know kind of 40 people from across the world in different countries who've maybe found this in a certain way, this is really valid across the board in every culture, in every country. Um, so that was, I found that kind of, that was for my energy that, 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 that ticked my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's super exciting. And in terms of the learning piece, I'd be curious. I, I saw that you used um, 
Teachable yeah. as the platform to host yeah. all the videos. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like the kind of the practicalities of you putting this all together, yeah. um, how did you record the video? So for, the, for someone who's interested in, yeah. in exploring this idea of doing their own online summit, what kind of technologies did you use and, and maybe give a little bit of a background as to why you chose them? Sure. Um, so I used Zoom to record my interviews. Um, I think I maybe read about that, um, but I couldn't say 100%. I think I've been on a few Zoom videos where they were recorded and, and you could easily record them and then you get an MP4 and then you can... Um, stick it in and cut it, chop it, change it if you need to. So that was quite easy, reasonably inexpensive for the kind of platform we wanted. And then we chose Teachable. Um, it had, for me, it had the most kind of user-friendly um, setup. So I don't know that it's the best model for an online summit, but in terms of, I tried, I think, three different platforms in, on their free trials. Um and the other two were at the time, and I know they've both kind of come on away. They they were built specifically for online summits, so they might be more um, uh, more user friendly now. But Teachable had um, two things for me that was really important. One, it was um, they do all your taxes for various because ours was so multinational. So they take care of all of the taxes in tax impl implications across multiple countries. Um, so for me, that was, <laughs> I probably would have done it for that alone. <laughs> um, and um, what was the other thing they did really well? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, because and the affiliate program. So they have an affiliates program where you just stick it in, give a percentage, send out a code. So that was already set up and you didn't, uh, some of the other ones I'd looked at, you had to do that yourself or do it via a plugin app or anything. So those were two pieces for me that were um, practicalities that were easily taken care of. And and so you can just focus on the exactly. content and, and, um, and actually like uploading the content and, and doing the lectures and stuff that was after the initial kind of learning curve, that was really good. Um, I think their front page sales page stuff, it wasn't amazing, but I've seen actually, I think this month. Yeah. I think in October, they're coming out with a much better kind of WYSIWYG editor. Um, so I think I would probably try it again purely because um, those logistical pieces are just there and and fixed, um, and we will run the online course out of Teachable because it's all set up already. Um, yeah, so you're already yeah it's, yeah it's, that's what what it's there exactly for. yeah. So I we just I just used Zoom. Uh, we used Quip, which is a like an online sharing document tool um, for us. Um, to it's kind of like Google Docs but different. Um, and uh, that has kind of like Kanban views and list views and check boxes and stuff. Um, so we. So like a project management. Yeah, tool, yeah, you can use right? it for project management. You can kind of use it for all thi all things, and uh, you just kind of can stick stuff inside of it. Whether it was the best thing, um, I think one thing we talked about was how do we um, manage tasks better. Um, and that's probably just from a working together perspective. So not necessarily just an online summit question, but if you're working with lots of different people, understanding that different people work at different speeds and in different ways. <laughs> um, exactly. But I, yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, everything that we use. So we, yeah, Zoom, Teachable, Quip. Um, I used uh, Typeform to do some of the forms. Mm. Um, and I think, one thing I learned is we had given everyone a document to fill out themselves um, and virtually no one did that. So, um, so actually I think sending speakers a survey that they could just fill in in a survey and then we would take that detail instead of giving them more to do uh, would be one thing I would do differently this year uh, or next year, I guess. Um, and yeah, I would, I would have a, I would have my marketing strategy and I guess email journeys, that kind of stuff um, mapped out and clarified a bit, a bit better. Um, mm. But cause we were building as we learned, I'm not sure we could have yeah. 
I'm not sure we could have known that till it was over and we went, oh, okay, we've learned that now. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's no amount of sitting down and reading this stuff can be actually be. Yeah, it. absolutely. And I, you know what? I read all, I think I read everything I could get my hands on about it. And, and they did all talk about those things, but it wasn't until you're actually doing it where you go, oh yeah, actually, I think we should send people an email at this point um, that we hadn't thought about. We should be sending them an email at that point. Um, <laughs> so that's great wow lots of that's well lots of um i think useful tips there in terms of kind of understanding what it takes to put something like this together there's um it sounds it's quite in terms of technology it sounds very accessible but there are lots of moving parts yeah. To be aware yeah of. and i think i mean we did it from a place of kind of no funding so if you had a little bit to invest you can do stuff like connect a zapier tool to any of those and do a lot more automated stuff which we will probably pay for next year but we were coming from a you know none of us had none of us really had any budget to spare so how can we do this on a um a shoestring uh, and then we were very um fantastic very lucky got a, a sponsor but it was kind of late later in the day than um, than we uh, than we would have liked, I guess, knowing what we know now. Um, mm. But yeah, it was it was really it was a great experience, and I would definitely do at least one one more. But I'll probably do two next year. Um, in, in those varying things, yeah, it was. I really loved, you know, in the comments from people. Um, you know, you get places for people to comment and feedback, and and some of our speakers, you know, were saying they got amazing um, contacts from all over the world, you know, on LinkedIn or connecting and stuff. Cause we, we created each speaker a, a page um, with all of their contact details. Um, so people could connect with them directly. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome actually um, to see that. So looking back at that time when you uh, said, yeah, why don't we do this? <laughs> well, if you could whisper in, in Sarah's ear back then, if you could give her one piece of advice that um, you would think would really help, what, what would, it, what would um, that piece of wisdom be? For me, I think it would be to commit earlier and not, not be as fearful as I, even I was, you know, and it, and it came together quite quickly. But I think we spent a lot more time and annoying about certain details or how should we communicate like right in the really early days um you know should we email speak you know speakers or should we send this out to all these you know and actually it would have saved us a, we would have had a lot more time if we had just front loaded a lot of the work and just gone yeah let's just write this email let's send this out let's just let's just do it once and and then we can learn from it so so be even more happy startup i would say <laughs> than we were you know jump i would jump faster and learn faster um i think would be what i would tell myself don't be don't be so worried about it um being being a success um because um you know if if you if you want to hear a certain subject and and you think it would be a great conference to go to there's probably at least a thousand other people around the world who would like that too yeah. so just go for it that's that's great and it sounds like you know with that attitude you'll work it out along the way yeah absolutely you totally will and you know by all means send me an email ask ask me questions uh if you're if you're in the middle of doing it and you're pulling your hair out then uh <laughs> we'd be happy to, to help. Well, I'm excited about doing one now and it's like and part of it for me is just building something that I would love to go to is there is some mm. you know that kind of self-satisfaction of I love listening to every one of those speakers it is just they're just awesome so so even if I'm the only person listening to it then it was well worth it for me that's great. And so what next? You've, you've kind of said there's, you know, two um, maybe online summits uh, on the horizon uh, next year. You've got the the community you want to yeah, build. Yeah, we're building this um, community and we've got the uh, this online course. So I guess we've got kind of 
hopefully all the pieces, you know, to, to build up to. And um, I think we're going to start running some training um, at very least mm-hmm. in the four countries that we're, uh, that, that we are in. So um, we'll do one in the UK, definitely. Um, there will probably one in the Netherlands, uh, one in Canada, and I think one in Belgium. So watch this space for that. Some more training on happiness at work. Um, so if, if people were interested in those trainings, where, where should they keep an eye on? Where, where would you send them to? Uh, to keep, they can um, absolutely just, they can go to happycoffeeconsulting.co.uk and just sign up for our newsletter. We'll put all that there. They can join us on Facebook so they can go to the um, Global Online Summit for Happiness at Work and join us. We've got a, a free page there. So all of our, our bits and pieces will be on there. Um, we're on Twitter. Um, you can follow Happy Coffee Consulting on LinkedIn um, or Instagram. And and if you want to just go on Teachable to sign up, then it's happiness-at-work.teachable.com. And then on, on the various social media f- uh, feeds, is it just Happy Consulting? Happy Coffee Consulting. All one word, yeah. Great. So, yeah, if, if, if you're interested in running an online summit if you're interested in creating more happiness at work then you've got some valuable resources yeah, absolutely here. and actually people can just email me at sarah at happiness at work.co and I, i'm always there well that's been super interesting super informative uh i'm really excited for what you've got now where you where you're Thank going you. there's, there's a lot there's an energy and momentum behind yeah you there really is and it's um and I think we're all just kind of emerging from that um, as well now because mm-hmm. there was so much to do and it's we're now a couple of weeks has gone and we're kind of going, wow, we did this pretty amazing thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you must get that at summer camp. You kind of you kind of have a down period after all that adrenaline and then you can you can come back. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, thank exactly. you to you guys. You've been such kind of an instrumental piece in 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 what I do now and, and how I do things and, and doing this. So a uh, huge credit to your inspiration and guidance and um, just doing it. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it's, it's, it's really lovely to see. And well, thank you very much for sharing that journey. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this happy startup school podcast. We're on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs and individuals find more alignment between what they believe and the work they do. Because for us, happiness is when what you think, say and do are all aligned. Happiness isn't just a passive feeling, but an active way of living, which isn't always easy, but when it's done right, can be effortless. We're on a mission to help you find happiness by providing tools, courses and community that inspires you to follow the journey of building a happy startup. This will require finding out more about yourself, as well as learning how to build a purposeful business. If you're excited by this, then please rate and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform, and then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com. You can also read our blog at ahappy.link forward slash read.